and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 6, Episode 2, Bargaining, Part 2. Actually, Kara, I would like to rename this episode, and this is the title that I came up with while watching it. It's called, What's the Plan? And that's what they should have called this episode, because that's what I asked myself of the whole way through, with different characters. Always, what's the plan? What are you doing? What, are you, what, like, what is the thought process here? I don't think there is a plan. I think it's pure you know, reaction. They are all freaked out by what's going on and they don't have their plan was to bring buffy back and that did not work out the way they expected it would so yeah like that's actually the original what's the plan because (laughs) clearly that didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out as it never does yeah but overall this episode hey i'm happy to see buffy back fun great episode loved it (laughs) did you love it i was kind of down at the end of it and I was like, I wonder if this is, you know, a little sneak peek into what the rest of the season's going to be for me. But I was oh, like, Oh, I'm so curious about who your hero is then. Oh, yeah. I'm so curious. Because <laughs> I, I haven't looked at your notes yet, so I can't wait. Let's get into it because lots to say, <laughs> lots to watch. We open up where we left off, okay? Do, maybe we should do a little recap. Kara, you want to do a little recap of what happened last episode? Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy was dead, but not for long because willow and the scoobies have a plan to bring her back meanwhile giles goes back to england because he feels like he's not needed anymore anya inherits as she says the magic box uh and is happy that she has the money so the scoobies are trying to bring buffy back to life meanwhile they've reprogrammed buffy bot and repurposed her to be a decoy vampire slayer and a demon biker gang gets wind of the fact that mm, maybe the slayer's a robot And they ride into Sunnydale the very same night that Willow and the gang are trying to resurrect Buffy and interfere with the resurrection spell. So it seems like it hasn't been successful, except we, the viewer, know at the very end of the episode that it was successful. And Buffy is regenerated in her coffin. And that is where we leave off. Ooh, so the Buffy bot is surrounded by the demon biker gang and she gets taken by them. Anya and Tara find Xander and Willow in the forest and Xander is proper freaked out about the snakes that came pouring out of Willow's mouth or just one snake, I think. Anya wants to stay quiet and run away. Xander says, let's split up. And that was my first, what's the plan? (laughs) Because... (laughs) Their plan is to split up and meet up at the magic box. It's, it's too dangerous for all of them to travel together. And I was like, is it? Jinkies. <laughs> I don't know if splitting up's a good idea. 
<laughs> like everyone knows in a horror movie, don't split up, stick together. But um, they decide that I guess they can find their way out of the forest separately instead of as a group. I think the idea is that they will draw less attention if they can travel quietly in small, smaller groups. It makes a little bit of sense. It makes a little bit of sense, but I'm against this plan. Xander says that he can carry Willow um, because she's passed out. And Tara's like, okay, we'll meet up. The magic box, great. Um, and then whoever gets to the magic box first has to get a hold of Dawn and Spike. Anya asks about the Buffy bot. And this is sad because Xander's just like, we can't. It's lost. And I do agree with him. Like, there's no way they, they should go back for the Buffy bot if they're already afraid to travel in packs. But um, that's sad <laughs> that they're going to let them take the Buffy bot. So they all take off. The biker gang is kicking the Buffy bot in a big group. But as that happens, we shoot down past Buffy's tombstone into the ground where the poor thing is banging on the walls of her coffin and she can't seem to speak yet or she can't breathe, one of the two. Yeah, so a couple of things here. As we remarked last week, um, Buffy's grave appears to be in a, like a secluded grove <laughs> in the cemetery. Like there's no other graves around. Not the summer's backyard. Not the backyard, but not even like in a row with other graves in a cemetery, right? It's like they're in their own little clearing. Yes. Um, I don't know how expensive that was. Joyce must have had really good insurance. <laughs> My other observation, right, would be so Buffy woke up like inside her coffin. Uh, terrifying, by the way. Yes. How much air is in there? I would love it if somebody could do the math on, you know, given how she's struggling to get out, as we're going to see in a moment, like how long would it take her to consume all of the oxygen that's in that confined space before she like basically passes out? Like, could could she punch her way out in time? Yeah. So would there be air in there at all? So we, we don't know how long she's been in the ground. They don't actually say in this episode. They probably say in the next one how long she's actually been dead for. We can assume at least a couple months like maybe like two or three she died back in march ish if we're talking because that's when the the final episode aired and then it's the fall now as you can tell from the foliage and also dawn uh starting in a new school right Uh, so okay so you're you know me in timing in the show (laughs) i i think it i would guess it's been about six months wow okay yeah so that's my question would there still be air down there after all that time, uh, I don't know. Are coffins not airtight? Or I, I, as close to airtight as we can make them? I legit don't know. I don't know. Somebody somebody who does know this morbid information, please let us know. No, you, sorry. <laughs> I, my brain was thinking, I guess I guess coffins aren't airtight because you want the wormies to get to the, decom- the decomposition. Did you say the wormies? And the decomposition would release gases, <laughs> which would not be very breathable. But some of the bacteria would make oxygen. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I would like somebody who's more knowledgeable in like b- burial science, I guess, to uh, talk to us about. Or you know, someone who has been buried. What would alive. be going on here? <laughs> someone who has well, gone through that experience. So, yes, yeah, like there, there is one thing. Like we, that used to be a, a concern, right? We used to have people sit in graveyards with little bells attached to dead people's feet right in case we accidentally buried somebody alive but like i think the the other thing to keep in mind here is that buffy's body was partially decomposed at this point and the decomposition process itself must emit like gases and other things that would you know pollute whatever atmosphere is in that coffin so yeah it's i don't know 
Um, are we nitpicking too much? Probably, no. but that's what we're here for. Pro <laughs> Welcome to Prophecy Girls. I don't think we're nitpicking too much. In fact, I learned that information um, from the podcast Left of Skeptic, who talked about, I think they told us either when we were on the episode or an episode I listened to on my own, where, uh, yeah, the bell, like the bell would ring. And that's where the, the mm -hmm. phrase ring a bell. Is that, is that yeah. something like yeah. that? Go listen to them. They'll tell you. Shout out to left of skeptic. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, so that that is a question we need. Somebody who's been bared alive to tell us um, how much air is down there. Uh, fun fact from my side of life, of, of my life. <laughs> um, often... Uh, not often. A lot of my family likes to... How many times have you come back from the dance staff? <laughs> not often. <laughs> it's happened maybe once or twice. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but no, my my family members, some of them have had been buried in concrete. Like they, they, they concrete the outside of the coffin yeah. after they're in. That's not going to work. Yeah. So, so if that happened to Buffy, if they're just like, let's just really seal her in there, that sucks. <laughs> you know, like you're really stuck down there with no air. Anyway, that's one thought. The second thought I had was let's shoot all the way back to season one, episode 10, Nightmares, when Buffy let us know that one of her worst fears was being buried alive. So here she is. She's coming back from the dead. Again, we, we don't know where she's coming from. Willow thinks it's from a, an evil hell dimension like Angel was at. We don't know the answer. But if that's the case, imagine coming back from a hell dimension and then waking up in a coffin when it's already one of your greatest fears. Like, oh, this is the absolute worst. And I feel so bad for her. So Xander's carrying Willow through the forest. She wakes up. He assures her that Tara's okay and they need to keep moving. Uh, he says, we got trouble right here in Hellmouth City and the Robo Buffy led them right to us. And Will's like, Buffy the ritual. We have to go back. We have to try again. Xander says, we can't. Willow starts pushing. She's like, we have to. She's waiting. She's counting on us, on me. I can't leave her there anymore. Uh, I can't leave her there anymore. I won't. We have to finish. And uh, they hear engines revving and Xander says, the urn it, it got. And Will's like, broken. It's broken. And Xander's like, we'll find another one. We'll jump on the web. <laughs> we'll go back on, you know, eBay and find another one. And Willow's like, there's no other one. Xander says, okay, some tape, a dab of crazy glue. Like, we'll put it back together. And Will's like, no use. The, urn, the urn's defiled. It's gone. Nothing. It was all for nothing. Buffy's gone. She's really gone. And I want to give my hats off to Allison Hannigan in this scene because I was actually really moved with the way she took in this information. Like, she, the grief on her face and in, in her cadence of her words really, really stuck with me because it feels like she was not in denial. Like she really believed that she could stop her friend from being dead. You know, like she, like, yeah, she hasn't let herself grieve Buffy yet. Yes. And now it's all hitting her all at once. And it was actually really sad to watch, even though like I've got, you know, she just murdered a, a deer. So I'm like uh, upset with her, but uh, yeah, that was really, really moving this scene. It actually reminded me a lot of the scene when Frodo and Sam in the last Lord of the Rings movie are up the mountain. And he's like, there's nothing between me and the ring of fire. Like it's the same, same vibe. <laughs> Go down, down, down to the ring of fire. A ring of fire. <laughs> Famous Johnny Cash song written about Lord of the Rings. And also ring of fire is a whole new thing for me now, now that I've given birth. Any mom out there knows what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Make it 
Karakoff in the first 10 minutes of the show. This is going to be a good episode. <coughs> Buffy is not gone, Willow. Buffy is underneath the ground where you left her, and she's banging on the roof of the coffin, and dirt starts coming through, so she's made her way through. She's, she's breaking through. Don is sleeping on the couch um, as Spike watches TV, but then he hears the bikers, the biker gang, and they're looting, and they're pirating, and they're causing chaos as they as they approach the house and Don is looking out the window and Spike says, he's like, okay, stay here, stay away from the window. I have to check the rest of the house. Anya and Tara are hiding from the demons that are looking for them. They chose to hide behind a giant rock as the demons talk about them. And uh, there's dissension in the ranks, Kara. So the de- the one demon is saying that Razor, who's the leader, and the others get to head back to town and they leave us to hunt out the strays. And it's bullshit. Well, he doesn't say shit. He says it's bull. And then he gets cut off. The other demon says, you got a bug up your crack. You take it up with Razor. Until then, do as he says and shut your hole before I rip you a new one. I was like, whoa biker bad boy yeah these demons i have i have this note for later on in the episode these demons are very like evocative they're very good at painting a word picture yes but they have a a thing about like ripping and holes and it's not (laughs) it's uh i don't like it yeah i don't i have something to say about them they have one specific quote later in the episode that i'm sure you noticed too cara and i was like the fuck like it actually really was, mm-hmm. was disturbing that's the one i was talking about yeah yeah, yeah. but i also have something very funny to say about them later i think <laughs> a personal joke that i find very funny so um they go all right they're not gonna look behind the big rock there's no point the girls aren't gonna be there but sure enough they're there and anya's like stores they're gonna they're gonna go hit up some stores does that mean they're looting and tara says the woods let out over this way we should keep off the streets and take alleys if we can and anya says they can't loot the magic shop not now i just got it you don't think they'll cause a lot of damage do you cut to the gangs causing a lot of damage particularly on buffy street like just like downtown sunnydale and buffy street they're lighting fires they're destroying property they're breaking into houses and crashing windows and stuff Spike is really unimpressed with the weapons that are left in the Scooby house. And he scolds Don for looking out the window. <laughs> um, he says that these are Hellions, road pirates. They raid towns, they raise them up, burn them down. Usually backwaters or any place they think is vulnerable. Don says, they know the Slayer is gone. Spike says that sees that the neighbor across the street, um, which, Cara, I'm pretty sure that's Melinda's house. <laughs> oh, no, not Melinda. <laughs> And he says, they can't stay here. And Don says, I'm not going out there. Spike says, I can't protect you here. Hiding under the bed linens isn't really my style. Only when he's uh, hiding under Buffy's bed, you know, to spy on her. To spy on her changing and shit. Don says, we have to wait here for the the others. And Buffy bought. Not not Buffy, but but Buffy bought. And Spike says, look, Don, I get that you're scared, but I'm your sitter, so mind me. I'm not going to let any of the buggers lay so much as a wordy digit on you, right? Don says, right. Spike says, we can't wait around for the others to pop in. We're on our own. No one's coming to our rescue. So we cut to Buffy breaking through the ground, uh, very much like a vampire, (laughs) Um, crawling scrabbling out from her grave uh she looks around she's confused she's scared equilibrium's a bit off totally makes sense you've been lying down for like six months buffy uh your your inner ear fluids are probably all out of whack i have another question though like is her body as good as new or would it be you know because it was decomposing i guess we'll find out I guess, yeah, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. It seems like the spell has restored her, right? Like, yeah. we saw the little computer effect sequence. 
Um, so she turns around and like the first thing she actually focuses on is her tombstone, which says, you know, Buffy Summers, when she died, she saved the world a lot. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard for us to tell how much Buffy's actually like taking in and understanding at this point. You know, does she remember how to read? Is she even Buffy? Yeah. Like, we don't know at this point. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller for most of this episode has to do this phenomenal job of just acting you know, with her expressions and her posture and how she's moving, there's very little speech from her. You know, she has to sell it. And so this is just, it's another example. We've had so many examples before, but it's another example of just how good of an actor Sarah Michelle Gellar is when it comes to her performances. You know, it's not just about delivering those quippy lines. It's actually about the physicality of being the Slayer and being Buffy. Yeah, she's our mother. Uh, So she starts wandering into Sunnydale proper uh, I guess the five miles back to town. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have that point later. I was like, <laughs> we know how big the forest is, you guys. <laughs> so she's literally just walking into the absolute chaos caused by this gang. They are, they, they've caused a lot of damage. And I'll be very disappointed if in the next episode we don't get some kind of newscast or newspaper article or something that's like, you know, how much damage that this i don't know white boy gang because i don't think they would because remember how much chaos and damage the troll in season five mm -hmm. caused and we didn't hear a thing about that after that but this this is even worse right like this is like main street but this is like they the the white boys got out to the suburbs now like because the other note i have later is you know it's a lot of like white panic where you know you have these get these this biker gang rolling in and actually like taking on the nice suburban houses now and that's when people finally start to care <laughs> yeah. um, whoa, whoa, whoa. but anyway so this is our houses <laughs> yeah so so buffy leaves the forest pretty easily yeah so easily like she, buffy was dead for let's say six months wanders onto the streets of sunnydale the scoobies are like we drove here we know exactly where we buried her but how do we get out of here like what? <laughs> yeah she doesn't know where she was buried right right she could she could have been anywhere but she's like oh I, i'll just head home <laughs> and so she's and she's coming back it's the middle of the night and sunnydale you know is on fire which it wasn't when she died so um something i want to point out about buffy so I think her, her funeral outfit, this is morbid, but the outfit they chose to bury her in is quite nice. Like a nice, tasteful black well, dress. So what I noticed was she's dressed in all black, right? Which obviously is very standard as, as a funeral and a death outfit. So it, it's a, a very stark contrast to the all white that she wore in Prophecy Girl and that she was resurrected in the first time. So I think there's some symbolism there where, you know, the white in Prophecy Girl was about purity. And when she got brought back the first time she was pure because she had sacrificed herself to save the world from the master in this episode although she did sacrifice herself in the gift to save the world in dawn she's dressed in all black and i'm wondering if that kind of signifies how this second resurrection because it's accomplished through magic is less pure Mm. less wholesome and is that going to cause problems for buffy later on down the line yeah Totally. And you, you already made the comparison to her crawling out of her grave like a vampire, right? So that darkness surrounding that resurrection, for sure, the symbolism in her wearing dark clothes is still there, is there for that as well. I also like how, you know, her hair is back to its natural kind of coppery blonde color. Yeah, that was my other point. Yeah, it's, I was like, it's what a, is with her hair? Well, because, you know, 
it got restored to her natural color, right? Like the the spell must have. Re- I mean, this is the other question, right? Is if the spell restored her, like, did it restore her piercings? Did it restore like any tattoos she might have? Like, did it restore her to how she was when she died or when new skin, like, new skin. genetically? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, her hair is is a bit longer and a bit uh darker. And I think that's good because it's like it's a nice contrast to the Buffy bot, right? So it's like we have Buffy, the two different Buffies, but they're very, you know, they look very different in, in this episode. Yeah, that always confused me because I was like, her, she comes back, her hair is like matte and um, not highlighted, obviously, as we are used to seeing Buffy. So that makes sense as, as you described it. But I was always like, why? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> Let's cut to Anya and Tara who get to the magic shop. And Tara's worried that Xander and Willow aren't there yet. And Anya's happy that the store hasn't been looted yet. Um, the Hellions are outside on the street, though. They're trashing other stores. So Anya starts panicking. And she says that Xander could be hurt. He could be lying somewhere, broken and bleeding, calling out my name. Oh, God. Like, what, what if they're really hurt or dead? And Tara says they're not because if something happened to them, they like she would know if something happened to Willow, and she would know Anya would know if something happened to Xander. They're fine. And um, Tara hugs Anya and says maybe they just got lost in the woods. Anya says we're going back to the woods. I hate the woods, all those woodsy trees. <laughs> and Tara says lost is good. Willow and I know how to find each other. So Tara jumps on a table and sits cross-legged, right? And Anya says with yoga and Tara says Aradia hear my words so she's casting some sort of magic spell Willow and Xander are in the forest and Xander is saying this is really starting to grind my cheese these woods aren't that big I know we'll be going straight because I've been following the North Star Willow points out that that's not the North Star that's an airplane Xander makes a joke that it's a blimp ha 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 but that's where I was like Kara why the confusion we know (laughs) That they're heading the 8K to UC Sunnydale. Like, that is where they're going. Don't they know these woods by the back of their head at this point? Like, have they not gone through these woods chasing vampires, werewolves, (laughs) zombies, witches, uh, other demons, initiative commandos, right? Like, it's been, like, six seasons of... Or five seasons of chomping through these woods, Xander. What is your excuse, buddy? Yeah, also, I just realized, like, did they bury Buffy next to the road <laughs> because like she seems to found her way back out of the woods by following Again, the roads. Again, I have so many questions about the positioning of and loca- location of Buffy's grave because it does not make any sense whatsoever. Could somebody please write in? <laughs> anyway, Willow says she can't walk anymore. They've been walking for an hour. And I was like, okay, well, surely you're just outside UC Sunnydale, you guys. The spell took a lot out of her. Xander brings up the snake again. He's like, she, he's like, how could you not tell us? And I was like, it would have been so great if it was the snake, like the the spirit of that snake demon from season five. Makita? No, not Makita. The... No, uh, Lorconis. Lorconis. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like, there's so many snake demons that we could have called back to. But it, it's not. Willow says, not now. And Xander says, well, what happened back there, Will? Like, what what were we getting into? And Willow says, it doesn't matter anyway. Xander says she's being a voidy. She's like, I'm not. We just have bigger problems. Demons. Xander says, demons. There's something something you don't see every day, unless you're us. And I harped on this last episode, Kara. Xander, what is with your ignorance to the spell that you were doing? Like, you were already against it. You're like, oh, we can't do this. It's bad. We can't do this. I don't know why he's so shocked that it got so dark. Like, this is a dark 
spell. This is a dark thing that you're doing. You're bringing someone back from your dead, from the dead. You were already worried about it. So yeah, but I think to be fair to Xander, um, this is very much a case of like, <laughs> I'm sorry, sort of ruin your vibe. Um, this is a case of Xander being comic relief guy, right? I think Xander is very freaked out and. This is his way of dealing with it, as it always is, is to make jokes and make light of things. And like, you know, he doesn't want to have that serious conversation because he's going through the same grief that Will is going through right now. Right. The Buffy's really dead. This didn't work. She's not coming back. He just, of course, he can't show it because he's big manly, manly guy. and He can't cry. Um, so this is his way of dealing with that grief. I know. And I think I'm registering my annoyance that he's getting on Willow's case. Like, what, what was that? You didn't tell me there was going to be snakes. You didn't say it was going to be dark. Well, Xander, like, you had every opportunity to look up the spell yourself. Like, don't put that on Willow because it was very clear that the shit was going to get dark. So They're having a really bad night. So I'm just, <laughs> I, I am willing to cut Xander a little bit of slack here. They're also lost in a forest that they shouldn't be lost in. So <laughs> lots is going on. Okay, okay, Steph. How easy would it be for you to navigate your way out of a forest here? Thunder well, Come I on. certainly wouldn't have buried Buffy in there. <laughs> I would have found a more convenient area to bury her, but whatever. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> um, Willow spots the light flickering in the distance. Xander says it's moving toward us incredibly fast. Willow's like, "Hello," and Xander's like, "We've been we're being hunted, and you're helloing a strange, fast moving light in the dark. It could be anything. It's it could be motorcycle headlights." And Willow says it's too small. So Xander stands in front of her. You know, he's like, "I'll take care of this." And the light starts floating around him like a, like a little bug. And Xander's like. It's a bug. A big fiery bug thing. Get off. Do fireflies bite? They probably burn, don't they? And Willow says, it's not a bug, it's Tara. And then she starts to follow the light. And Xander's like, how long have you known your girlfriend's Tinkerbell? (laughs) So this appears to be a spell very similar to the one that Willow used back in um, Fear Itself, right? And she didn't quite have control over it at that point. It seems like she and Tara have perfected it. And and Tara said she has, you know, Tara's quote is, uh, Willow and I can always find each other when we're lost. And so having seen what she means by that now, I pictured them trying to find each other in like a shopping mall or a supermarket <laughs> where like you just have this ball of glowing light like zipping down the aisles yeah. <laughs> trying to find one of the others. And it's just like, oh, she's at Target. <laughs> do you do this in broad daylight when everybody's watching? <laughs> well, no, they only do it when they're lost in this giant five mile forest. So... Buffy is still wandering. She, because again, just reminder everyone, Buffy found her way back to town, no problem. Uh, she's wandering. She leans against a car. Alarm goes off. Um, we this scene we see from Buffy's point of view, like how blurry her eyesight is, like how discombobulated she feels because if she's overstimulated. Like you know, the, the alarm goes off. She covers her ears. This guy comes out because it's, it's America, and he's got a gun. He's like, get off my property. <laughs> so uh but fair you enough you know he's really shaken up because he's threatening a white girl right he's like this is not his night but uh, like fair enough there are looters happening so he probably you know he's on the uh sunnydale facebook page and he sees that there's looters happening so he's like get off my land buffy takes off don and spike are hiding in the bushes from the gang uh what's the plan <laughs> what's the plan just hopping bush to bush over here um spike watches a bunch of them break into a home and terrorize the family inside don is like oh i think they're just wrecking stuff like you know they're just destructorama and spike is grinning and don's like what and he's like it just looks like fun i'm just saying it looks like a fun and um 
this reminds me of the convo that we had last episode about Spike Kara because uh, we were talking about how he's a neutered vampire now, right? Um, and he is choosing to fight on the side of good because it suits him best, right? It, it offers him the most bang for his buck at this point in his life, his undead life. But he's still evil and he's still an opportunist. And, you know, a few years ago, let's think back to like Halloween season two. He would have lived for a night like this. He would have been running a night like this. So I think it's just interesting to see how that chip and the circumstances that happened since season four all the way up to now, how, how different it is. Well, we've even we've seen versions of Spike doing this. Uh, just in the past, right? Like looting in China and in Italy and stuff, stuff with Angelus and Darla and Drusilla, right? Like we have seen looty Bernie Spike. Yeah, exactly. And we just know that he loves chaos. So like this really would be his night. It's just funny because that's the show calling out to remind us he's still a vampire. He's still evil. This would be in his natural instinct to want to be a part of. But because of everything that's happened to him, because of the choices he's made post chip, now he's just looking out for Dawn. That's that's the side he's chosen at the moment. Is he looking out for Don or is he just being an opportunist because he knows he can't hurt Don, but he can hurt the demons and he wants to fight people? Yeah, exactly. That's this is <laughs> this is the path he's chosen because it suits him best at the moment. Right. It right. allows him violence where where the other side wouldn't. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So Spike says this is going on all around town. We're not going to get very far without. And then he hears a motorcycle approaching. So he finds a helmet on the ground and throws it to Don. Then he walks out into the middle of the street and the demon on the motorcycle is approaching and he just kicks him off and the guy falls violently and Spike picks up the fallen bike, says, let's fly pigeon. And Don runs out and jumps on the back and they drive away. And I will say this, that was pretty badass. Like I really enjoyed that. It's also really cute that that he like finds the helmet first right he's yeah. like safety first yeah 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 like i actually really liked that for spike good scene someone's knocking at the magic shop door and anya's there and she's like already been looted sorry try the appliance store down the block they've got great toasters <laughs> but it's xander so she lets them in um willow and anya and tara head into the store anya says oh you aren't dead and she hugs him but i noticed that that when she hugs him like so tight xander doesn't really hug her back and I don't know if that's ooh. I know ooh, I don't know if that's like a legit thing or if that's just me noticing it, but I was like, hmm. It's fine. I'm sure them getting married is gonna fix all their relationship problems, right? Marriage always helps. Marriage always solves everything. In fact, if you guys are having a fight, just get married. <laughs> <laughs> are you friends with somebody and having a fight with them just marry them i mean it couldn't hurt so tara's helping will sit and they're wondering where don and spike are because they're not at home and xander says maybe they're on their way here this place is norad when we're at defcon one and no one knows what he's talking about and he says i so need male friends uh shut up xander <laughs> no, no 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 i think xander has a point right like i think part of why xander can be such a toxic character sometimes is because you know he doesn't have a lot of male friends and it's harder for him to like even be exposed to healthy examples of masculinity right like he is just so wrapped up in the scoobies which other than giles and now spike i guess uh you know they are predominantly female I think it is important for people to have friends of all genders, but it is important to have friends of the same gender as you because, you know, you need people in your life who are kind of like reflecting back different ideas of your gender to you. And 
Xander doesn't really get that. And we know he doesn't get that from his parents' home, right? Because his his family situation was not very healthy at all. Um, it would be nice, I think, if Xander had a couple of bro friends that he could, like, talk to and uh, vent to. And, you know, mm. maybe he wouldn't be so toxic. I disagree because... Xander is already running on zero credit with me since season one when he stared at Buffy changing. <laughs> Whereas I'm apparently a Xander apologist now. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Slap me, please. I guess a whole three months off has really changed Carl's perspective. But no, my remember, Xander idolized Riley, and that was his best bro friend. That was that was his guy friend that he was like, this is the 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 one, the alpha, and like I'm gonna side with him when he cheats on Buffy and then. <laughs> ultimatums her and then leaves so i don't think Xander needs more male friends i think he needs less friends if anything i think he needs to go away forever <laughs> but no i hear what you're saying i think the, the point overall is yes having friends of the same gender should benefit you in xander's case it hasn't in the past unless it's with oz but even then he 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 made out with oz's girlfriend so whatever willow says we have to go out and look for them xander says there's a guy at work i kind of hit it off with his name's tito oh you're talking about don and spike so anya says question you want us to go back out there and willow's like yeah unless someone has a better idea and anya says we're minus a buffy bot spike is missing in action somewhere with don giles flew away you're looking a little magicked out and xander's like okay are you nearing your point and anya says how are we supposed to fight these guys we can take a vampire or two sure there's a whole cavalcade of demons out there and i mean it takes we need and xander says buffy and um i will say that anya's bringing up some excellent points here uh, Willow says, Buffy is not coming back. We failed. So we're it, gang. Xander, grab the weapons. We're going to look for Dawn and Spike. Tara says, if you're going to go, we're, we're going to go now. They're just going to get more worked up by the minute. Xander says, maybe they'll party themselves out. Tire of this place and move on. Cut to <laughs> the leader, whose name is Razor, saying, welcome to your new home, boys. Woo! Yeah, exactly. The the biker demons all cheer. Uh, they're in the middle of a gigantic parking lot, probably like a Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a huge bonfire, and they're celebrating. They're drinking. They're basically carousing, if you will. I had a point here, and it was, if you replace this biker gang with the penguins from Madagascar, I don't think there would be very much difference <laughs> except for the tone in which they threaten people. <laughs> But like, I was about to say, I feel like the penguins from Madagascar were not so graphic in their descriptions of what they're going to do to people. Welcome to your new home, boys. Like, that's how they talk in that movie. <laughs> so Razor is giving a little speech. He's holding court because it turns out he's a bit more loquacious than we give him credit for. He probably reads books. You know, he's more, more of a learned biker demon gang leader. Mm -hmm. He says, this year is a momentous occasion. The beginning of a new era. Uh, and meanwhile, Buffy is, like, actual Buffy is approaching this, you know, convocation from some kind of side street. Razor goes on to say, no question, the open highways and back roads have been good to us, but we got ourselves a juicy little burg here, just ripe for the picking. And I'm in no hurry to leave it. Are you? No! <laughs> you know, they're all, yeah, the demons are all supportive. Buffy is approaching. She's, you know, the fire is kind of making it hard for her to make out what's going on. Uh, and Razor says, what better way to kick off our semi-settling down than with a little christening? 
and we see that they have strung up, they've trussed up the Buffy bot. They've chained each limb to a different motorcycle. Uh, and Razor says, a symbolic act commemorating the new order around here and ridding ourselves of any not-so-pleasant reminders of the old, all in one quick Really, really violent <laughs> fell swoop. <laughs> Gentlemen, start your engines. And so Buffy sees the Buffy bot about to be ripped apart. Um, I believe the technical term, term is quartered. Yeah. Buffy's standing like right behind the back ranks of the demons. Like if they turned around, they'd see her. Um, and Buffy bot sees Buffy and like, get, like it starts like mouthing to her like Buffy, like, you know. <laughs> Uh, very happy to see her, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Heather Buffy. <laughs> Razor has taken out a gun at this point. What does a demon need with a gun? Apparently, it's the only way he can signal to start the, the race. Yeah, well, he's not a sexy woman in a short, like, short shorts who's going to have, like, a little red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so the motorcycles take off in four different directions, and they basically tear the Buffy Bot's limbs off. It's quite graphic. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Buffy screams. So this is kind of the first noise that we hear from Buffy. Uh, Razor finally notices her. The other demons notice her. He says, another one for the fire, boys. Tear it up. So he's thinking, oh, it's just another Buffy bot. Because, of course, that makes sense to him. So Buffy flees. Uh, motorcycles are coming at her from both sides, but she manages to evade them. She jumps out of the way. And <laughs> so they're whipping chains around as they're riding their motorcycles. And as she evades them, they hit each other with their chains. And so, like, they wipe out. And then they simultaneously both say, sorry. <laughs> and Canadian. it's, like, the most Canadian <laughs> thing ever. I'm like, are these the two Canadian biker demons? They're Canadian. And, uh, um, <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that, too. It's such a nice touch. It's so funny. And I think it, it called back to when we watched the unaired Buffy pilot earlier this summer. <laughs> where, um, remember, the, the vampire takes off. He's like, I'll call you. <laughs> like, like, same vibe. Same vibe there. Yeah, so, okay. The Scoobies are wandering. The alleyway is looking for Donna's bike. Uh, what's the plan? <laughs> fair, like, are you fair. are you are, are you with me on this? Because wait, what are you are you looking at garbage dumpsters? Like, well, what are you doing? What was Don and Spike's plan too? Right? Like, where were they going? Oh, I have another. What's or, the plan? Were they just gonna wander around yeah. all night? Yes, I'm with you on this. Yeah. And later on, when Don's on her own for that moment, uh, you know, she's wandering around the the this like less savory part of Sunnydale by herself. And I remember thinking as I watched it, I'm like, I wouldn't feel comfortable as like a 34-year-old woman walking around the less savory parts of a town that's being raided by biker demons. And Dawn's doing that? And it's What's like, the plan? There's chaos in this episode, but I agree with you. I wish that they, I don't know. I don't know what I'd wish. Like for more like realism in or like, planning on the part of the writers in terms of like i don't know make it make sense yeah it's very rushed and we have a hot steak locked and loaded that kind of talks about this so i i mean maybe we can bring that in later um yeah it, it just it feels like they're rushing because they need to get they they know where they want to get by the end of the episode so they're just kind of like and this is how it's gonna happen like i think it just would have made sense for them to just stay at the magic shop and then buffy finds them there because she goes somewhere familiar 
That's what I would think. Yeah, or have like the fight in the alley behind the magic shop. Yeah, yeah. because like the, then the bikers raid the magic shop and Buffy's there, right? But like they're just like, we're going to wander the streets looking for Spike and Dawn. All right, so Tara's telling Willow that this is not her fault. We don't know if the spell would have worked even if the demons were. And Willow says it would have worked. And Tara says maybe it wasn't supposed to. Those demons showed up at the exact wrong time. Maybe we really were in over our heads invoking forces we have no right to that's the Terra we know and love where have you been like last week right (laughs) where she was all on board it's a little bit late for that Terra. i'm sorry um she says maybe the fate sent down all this destruction on us to stop us well Terra, wouldn't it be nice if the fate step in and not you because you just let it happen so will says um you mean maybe it's my fault and Terra's like no (laughs) and i'm like yeah I mean, Willow, you need to stop making this all about you, right? This is, you know, the biker demons are not invade because of you. That's not your fault. Like, stop taking everything bad that happens to you so personally. Oh, and I have a point about that later, too. So, so... Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one hating on Willow today. No, I... Oh, I've got some... I've got more things to say about Willow. <gasps> Okay. <laughs> Cut to Buffy jumping fences to escape those demons. Anya is saying to Xander, I'm not saying we should announce it this second. I think it would please them to know we're engaged. Will, in particular, could use a real morale booster now. <laughs> oh, Anya, you're such a breath of fresh air in this episode. <laughs> She's uh, channeling Cordelia in this kind of conversation. Um, Xander wants to talk about it later. Anya says, like, you know, those excuses for not telling everyone we're engaged are gone now. Besides, from hell bikers, there's nothing standing in our way. No more surprise is Buffy jumps out of the alley alley at that point uh, right in front of them. Tara's like it's the Buffy bot and Xander says oh peachy no doubt to lead the wild bunch right to us again Will next time this thing gets damaged can't you program it to go to the nearest Radio Shack? Remember Radio Shack? (laughs) I do. I believe they still technically exist. Do they? I believe so. Interesting. (laughs) Fascinating. I think only in the States but yeah. Okay cool. Um, Good for them. Buffy is looking around confused and Willow is staring at her and says, Buffy? And Buffy runs away and they chase her, shouting her name. They find her crouched next to a wall and like cowering. Well, of course she run away. When you say Buffy, it reminds her of the way Riley used to say it. (laughs) She's running far away from that. Yeah, exactly. Buffy. So confused. She comes back from the dead from this hell dimension and all she can remember is that breakup with Riley. That was her hell dimension. Yeah, she was already in it. <laughs> she, she goes to hell, the, the hell is she's married to Riley. <laughs> I know, and she doesn't trust Adner in the scene because she remembers how he aided and abetted <laughs> Riley during that breakup. Anyway, um, yeah, so she's cowering next to this wall, and Willow approaches her. She's like, Buffy, it's Willow. Can you hear me? And Buffy's just looking around, and Anya's like, what's wrong with her? And I'm like, okay, you guys, she assumingly just came back from a hell dimension. Like, give her a fucking second. You know what I mean? They're just like, what? What's happening to her? Willow says nothing. She's in shock. Tara says um, her hands are bleeding, her fingers. And he's like, she's filthy. And Xander's like, oh, no. No. How could we? It's so stupid. Our spell, our resurrection spell worked like a magic charm. We brought you back to life, Buffy, right where we left her. And Willow's like, oh, God. And Xander says, in her coffin and willow turns away and leans into tara and tara says she had to dig her her she had to dig out of her own grave and xander approaches buffy who's still looking all blurry eyed and he's like buffy it's xander we're sorry we didn't know um what was the plan you guys i'm sorry like was there no plan for when she wakes up like no plan for what happens after we resurrect her 
Uh, should we have a spare change of clothes for her? Should we have a towel? Perhaps food? Um, I, I don't know. Like, what was there was no plan, and that's the lack of plan after Buffy woke up is alarming, and that's the reason why they didn't even think to dig her up out of the ground. Like, I'm really pissed. That's why they needed Giles. Like, Giles would have made them have a plan. And, like, imagine, Cara, because we already talked about air being down there. What if she died down there because there was no air? Like how, that would be so awkward. How awkward and tragic is that? It's like, yeah, we resurrected her. Oh, shit. She suffocated. Like, oh, my God. I also, this is where I was getting annoyed with Willow because Willow's like, oh, God. And then she, like, turns around and, like, gets comforted by Tara. And I was like, no, Willow, turn around and face what you did. Okay, you're, again, you're kind of making this about you. Because, like, you, like, Buffy is the mm, one that needs your yeah. attention. And she's like, ah! And like she despairs right and i don't like it so tara says she's too traumatized for us to reach her and hell yeah she is anya leans in and says hey buffy here's some good news that might perk you right up <laughs> she's like xander and i have an announcement and xander says anya <laughs> and he's like it's gonna be all right we brought you back you're home now and buffy just stares and xander says that's it you're home and razor approaches from behind and says, yeah, welcome home, Slayer. Alive and kicking after all. Well, alive anyway. Not looking too good, though, is she? So Xander holds up his axe, and he says, I don't see you winning any beauty contests unless Miss My Face Fell Off pageant gets going. <laughs> um, Razor says, big axe you got there. And Xander says, better to cut you down to size, Grandma. And we're, we're channeling a little bit of the Zeppo here, right? He's pretty. He's being pretty brave. I, I'm in favor. Like, Xander's being a little bit heroic here. Yeah. Good for you, Xander. What, what, what's wrong with me? I can't stop. Kara, wash your mouth with soap <laughs> when we're done. <laughs> no, but I, I feel you on this. Like, I think he is pretty brave here. Tara makes fire explode in front of Razor, and he's like, oh, you got a witch in the mix. And Tara's like, more than one. Xander says, I have to be a powerful man witch myself. Or male... Is it, is it Warlock? And Willow's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, Warlock. So Anya says, plus we have the Slayer here who might actually be looking to eat some brains. <laughs> so I think a little quiet moseying, no hard feelings, and I'm sure your demon horde won't think any the less of you. Razor says, See, that's the problem. My boys came looking for a massacre, and I think you got exactly enough magic between you and a kitty birthday party. And Willow steps up, and she's like, you'd be wrong. And Razor says, ooh, I better back off before you do what? Pull a rabbit out of your hat? And that triggers Anya, who, remember, is afraid of rabbits, and she says, don't mm -hmm. do that. Why would she do that? <laughs> and Tara, like, makes a quick reassuring gesture to her. It's so cute. <laughs> Willow says, we don't want trouble. You don't want trouble. And Razor's like, of course we want trouble. We're demons. <laughs> We're really all about trouble. Excellent point. Touche. Touche. And Willow's like, not this kind. And it's like so dark. Ooh, Ooh. chills. And uh, Razor says, let me tell you something, children. We're not going to fight you. We're just going to hold you down and enjoy ourselves for a few hours. You might even live through it. Except that certain of my boys got some anatomical incompatibilities, incompatibilities that tend to tear up little girls. <gasps> uh. oh, so this is so rapey and horrible. This is just so mm. horrible. And I wanted mm. to blame this on UPN, but I can't because we've heard rape mm -hmm. threats in the past in this show. Call back to Go Fish. You no, know, that's uh, Joss Whedon and Marty Noxon right there. And Ugh. <sighs> and again, and again, and I think... 
sometimes people are, um, when we criticize this stuff, I, I've heard comments where people are like, well, that's realism, right? Like gangs rape women. And, um, you know, when Buffy was powerless and helpless, like showing those guys sexually harass her, that happens to women. And it's good to show those threats. And I was like, ugh, but it just takes it to this like uncomfortable level in this particular situation because we already know that they're bad news and murder is enough just like in go fish right the the get buffy getting eaten by these fish monsters was enough they all yeah they also they just tore a feminine presenting robot apart right yes it's enough (laughs) there's been enough violence against women in this episode as it is we don't need this implicit, well, not even put. This isn't. That's the other thing. Is it's an explicit threat, right? Yes. It's, he's literally saying we got fucked up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we have weird penises, and we're yes. gonna spend our that's time I, on you with say. our penises. Yeah. Well, like it, it's uh, like it's it's not even just the fact it's a rape threat, right? It's the way it's phrased. It's just so icky and horrible and gross. I felt like I wanted to go have a shower after I listened to that line. Yeah, it, it honestly made me uncomfortable. Mm. And um, thanks, show, I guess. So um, Buffy has gone up slowly during this talk, and she's approaching slowly. And Razor says, who goes first? Oh, I was really hoping it would be you. And he punches Buffy, who doesn't fly back, but she turns her head back very slowly. And she, she's got a cut lip now. And when he punches her again, um, she blocks it. And then she punches him really hard and he passes out and um, everyone's staring and Anya's like, does this mean we win? And the demons all attack Buffy and she starts taking them all out. And I think this might be the first attack ever, Kara, that we've seen where demons will attack her all at once instead of one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to point out here the fact that Buffy is so traumatized by what she just went through and... um, possibly destroyed after being in what might be have been a hell dimension this whole time. She's able to rise up here and save her friends again. And I am wowed. <laughs> like, I just love Buffy so much. And this is like a small example because we've seen her rise up so many times in the past. But like in this particular episode where she is so traumatized and so lost and wandering the streets of Sunnydale has no idea what's going on she's still of sound mind enough and a, a hero enough to recognize that her friends need her help and she steps up and she saves them and they don't deserve it tonight but whatever the Scoobies help where they can right so they're fighting and Buffy looks to be overpowered at one point but she manages to keep fighting them we cut to Spike and Don, who are driving towards the parking lot fire pit that all the demons were at and Kara here's my next what's the plan <laughs> And you mentioned this earlier because they like are they driving around looking for the Scoobies or was Spike driving her out of town? Like I don't know what the plan was. Don spots the Buffy Bot, so they get off to investigate all the pieces. Don is approaching the Buffy Bot's head, and Spike says, um, it's just a machine, Don. And she's like, I know, because obviously it's gonna affect her to see this um figure that, you know, stands in for her sister dying so soon after her real sister dies. Spike goes to look at the other pieces of the bot while Dawn sits next to the Buffy bot's head, which is still speaking. And she says, Dawn, you're my sister, Dawn. Where did I go? And Dawn's like, what? And Buffy says, I was here and I ran away. Not me, the other Buffy. Yes, the other Buffy. And Dawn's like, Buffy? <laughs> and Buffy bot's like, I don't know where she ran off to. Maybe... And then I think her power, her battery runs out. Oh, moment of silence for Buffy Bot. You are a really fun character. 
you were also a really icky character for a second there. Not your fault, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So Dawn takes this in, and then I, she just like, Buffy's alive, and she, she takes off. Um, and again, what's the plan, Dawn? What's the plan? But at first I thought it was very strange that Dawn just like jumped to the conclusion that her, that, oh, Buffy bot saw my real live sister. She's alive and I'm going to go run and find her. And I was like, well, that's really quick thinking. Right. But then I sat back and I thought a little bit about it and I was like, you know what? Dawn has tried a resurrection spell before and she's probably dreamed about doing it for Buffy too, but obviously she wasn't going to do it because Buffy told her to be strong and to just, you know, keep fighting and take care of her friends. So that's what she was doing. So I don't blame her one bit for just jumping to the most hopeful conclusion that she could in that Buffy Bot saw her real sister. I get it. Sure. And she was, you know, according to her memories, she was around when Buffy came back that first time after she marched off to die in Prophecy Girl, right? So Dawn knows that Buffy has come back from the dead before. Yeah. So she's like, this is this is happening. I'm going to run off and take and find her. Um, Spike, who has um, been looking at the, over the pieces of the bot, he's talking to wh- who he thinks is Don, but Don's gone. Um, he's like, Willow's slab and paste job's not going to be able to do the trick this time. The robot's done. And then he realizes that Don is missing, so he starts going, Don! <laughs> Don! <laughs> Oops. Oops. Uh, so the Scoobies are still fighting the demons. Uh, Xander kills one of the demons. Good job, Xander. Uh, Buffy is also fighting them. And she basically takes on the rest of the demons herself. The Scoobies look at her uh, and Xander says, oh, she's Buffy. She's herself again. You're back, Buffy. You really are. Um, And he makes to approach her. But Buffy flinches and he says, whoa. (laughs) He's like like a startled horse, right? He's like, whoa, whoa now. Um, (laughs) Whoa, girl. and, And Buffy looks down at her bleeding hands and then she turns. She runs away. Fair enough, because your friends suck right now, so I would run from them too. <laughs> <laughs> run for the hills, Buffy. Uh, Anya's like, where is she going? And Tara says, should we follow her? God forbid she goes to the forest, because they will never be able to follow her to there. <laughs> Xander says she just needs some time is all. The point is that she's back, and she'll be fine. Uh, and as he's saying this, Razor's eyes open, because, Steph... Once again, they seem to have forgotten all the rules of horror movies. What's one of the other rules of horror movie? Double tap. Yeah. That guy's <laughs> never dead the first time you kill him. No. Uh, and he's got, I like how you wrote this in your notes, knife claws. <laughs> he does though, right? Like Freddy Krueger knife claws. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets up and Anya sees him and says, Xander, look out. Um, so fortunately, Xander doesn't get stabbed. Uh, but Razor looms over him. And throws Xander and says, what kind of slayer runs out on her buddies just when they need her the most? Um, So meanwhile, we see Buffy getting attacked by another demon. She kills it. She impales it on a pipe. Again, very graphic. I don't know if that's the switch to UPN, but Mm. we're seeing a lot more carnage. Mm. Um, And then she looks up and she sees the giant, not to code, (laughs) rickety tower built in the gift that apparently... You know, it, it rose overnight, and apparently it's been here for the last six months, what? and nobody else has taken it down. Like, it's this eyesore, number one. Like, what? Well, no one's taken it down in six months. <laughs> the city hasn't come in and been like, 
weird. Like, there's no permit for this. Do you think we should do something? Like, was it like, are they like, is it an avant-garde art piece? Like, street art that we like, can't Like, did Glory down? have some kind of shell company that owned the land and had a permit? And It could simply be that they don't know how to take it down. Like, how would you take that down? I don't even know. I don't know. Without damaging all the other buildings. Because remember we were saying last, last in, in the gift, how the neighbors around that area were probably like, what is this construction? And why didn't no one warn us about it? So... Oh, well, yeah, this is your job, right, Steph? Is yeah. you literally your job is to warn people in an area of what kind of construction is going on, and then you get to listen to all their complaints. Oh, I know exactly what happened. So yeah, so they put up that construction piece without any permits or any permission from the city. So now the city is getting permission from the landowners there to take it down. But the, the bureaucracy and how slow everything works in the government is taking a long time to get the permit. <laughs> For them to remove it. So that's what's happening. Well, that won't be a problem after this episode. <laughs> um, so we're back to the alleyway where the three women are beating on Razor with pipes and weapons. He manages to throw them off using his arms. And Willow conjures up some kind of glue mask <laughs> yeah. and throws it on his face. <laughs> what was that? To obscure his vision. So he starts tearing at his eyes. Uh, back to Dawn. Uh, Dawn finds the dead demon that Buffy had just impaled on a pipe. So she's on the trail. Detective Dawn is on the case. Yeah. Detective Donathan. Or, or we might say Harriet the Spy, because that was her mm. original role. <laughs> oh, nice callback. Good job. <laughs> we cut to Buffy. There's a lot of cuts in this sequence. Buffy reaches the tower. She looks up at it. So clearly she recognizes it. And then we're back to Razor. Uh, who's torn off the, the face mask. It has not improved his visage at all. <laughs> and he continues to beat the Scoobies. I would have liked it at this point if, you know, Razor had come back and Willow had just smacked him down immediately because I think that would have been badass. But I get that she's, you know, tired and he needs to keep them busy a bit longer. I would have th- I would have liked to see a joke in there that um, his pores are clean now because he pulled off the, <laughs> the face mask. Exactly, the mud mask. Um, so he manages to get Tara in a position where he's about to kill her, but Willow manages to cast a spell that shatters his knife fingers before they uh, rake across Tara's chest. His knife fingers. And then Razor grabs Willow by the throat and he says, So witch, got a little power after all. Let's see what tricks you can manage while I choke the life out of you. And that's when Tara kills him with an axe. Hey! <laughs> uh, another classic case of the villain telling everybody what he's going to do instead of just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tara has a great line. She says, nobody messes with my girl. Love it. Great catchphrase. <laughs> Xander says, nice axing. And Tara says, thanks. My first. <laughs> and Willow says, Buffy. Buffy, guys. Buffy. <laughs> Notice how Willow doesn't thank Tara. No, Willow's like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> but no, Willow probably pissed that her magic didn't work. So Buffy is standing on the tower. She climbed all the way up there, uh, and she's remembering the night that she died. Same music is playing from the end of the gift. Uh, we see the portal open, her diving into it. Buffy on the platform now in in real time is taking this in and then we get a close-up of Buffy's face when she made the decision to sacrifice herself for her sister she looks out into the sky and she sees the dawn break and then she looks back behind her and she sees her sister dawn right and she looks relieved and we talked about this obviously in that episode about how Buffy looks just at peace she's like yeah like this is it's time and I'm tired I'm fucking tired and it this is what I'm gonna do so we're, we're living that with her where she's like Donnie I have to that whole moment and then she hears 
Buffy and it's Dawn who's climbed up behind her onto the tower and um, she just stares at her and Dawn is in tears and she's like, Buffy, how? Is it you? I mean, really? And she takes a step and the tower starts violently shaking (laughs) and Buffy turns back and she's looking down at the ground at the cement down below and Dawn says, no, don't. And it's pretty clear here that Buffy is considering killing herself. Um, or jumping off the tower again. Um, maybe it's like a redo, right? Like, oh, I didn't do it properly last time and I came back, so I'm going to do it again. And this scene hit me really hard uh, because I didn't think, I think in the past, my viewings of it, I never thought about it this way. I don't, I don't think I thought about it very hard at all, to be honest. But um, it's actually very sad. And it, it reminded me a lot of Amends, right? Where um, mm-hmm. Buffy pulled Angel back from trying to kill himself Um but now Dawn's doing it. Yeah, I, I don't think Buffy's trying to um, die by suicide here. I have a theory. I want to wait until we get a little further into the scene. But I think I, I, I don't want to say I know what's going on, but I have a theory about what's going on. Okay, here. okay. So yeah, so my my assumption is that it, it appears that Buffy's considering jumping, right? Dawn tells her not to jump. Just walk to me, please. And Buffy turns back to the sky and Dawn's like, please, I'm your sister, Dawn. We were up here together and then you went away and you don't want to do that again. I don't know how you're back, but you are. And please just stay still. And the tower starts shaking again. And Dawn's like, or or move towards me because the tower was built by crazy people. and I don't think it's holding up very well. Um, and Dawn says, talk to me, say something. Buffy says, is this hell? And she turns to Dawn and asks, asks again, is this hell? And Dawn says, no, Buffy, no, you're here with me. Whatever happened to you, whatever you've been through, it's over now. We have to get off this tower. And Buffy stares down again. And she says, it was so clear on the spot. I remember how shiny and clear everything was. But now? And Dawn says, Buffy, please listen to me. You told me I had to be strong and I tried, but it's been so hard without you. I'm sorry. I promise I'll do better. I will. If you're with me, stay with me, please. I need you to live. Live. And it sounds like she's going to say live for me. But then a big piece of tower falls down and Dawn, Dawn falls onto the platform and she's um, shouts, Buffy! And, Dawn, and Buffy gets shooken out of her state because she, like, that would come screaming back to her all the time. It's Dawn the primordial cry, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, oh God, my sister's in trouble again. So she grabs, she, she runs over to her, grabs her, and they end up jumping onto this pulley. Um, Buffy has Dawn in her arms and it looks like they're just dangling there for a moment, but then the pulley gives way and they fall and then it stops a little bit lower and then they just fall, like what looks to be three stories, to the ground. I know. <laughs> Buffy might survive that, but I'm very surprised Dawn is okay. <laughs> but they're fine. They're fine. They get right back up because the rest of the tower is falling down on top of them. And Buffy runs her out Which, like, to the So side. this tower stayed up for six months. But the moment like Dawn and Buffy are up there, it falls down. It didn't blow down in a storm. You know, zero teenagers climbed the tower on a dare between now and the last six months. Or like a seagull lands on it and like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, that saved the city a couple bucks, that's for sure. So so the tower falls and the summer girls are, are kneeling together. And Dawn looks at Buffy up close now and says, Buffy. And Buffy stares at her. Dawn starts to cry and says, Buffy, you're really here. And she hugs her. She says, you're alive and you're home. You're home. And we see Buffy's face, which is anything but pleased to be home. Fade to black. So here's my theory. Buffy says, is this hell? Right? Um, Sometimes in a lot of fiction, 
like you see this in the TV show Lucifer, uh, we see that people, when they die, if they go to hell, they end up in like a little pocket universe where they have to relive a traumatic moment over and over and over, especially if it's like a moment where they feel guilty for something. So maybe that's what's happening, what Buffy thinks is happening to her, right? Is as far as she knows, she just jumped through the, the you know, and was killed by the, the portal. And the next thing that happened to her from her perspective is she wakes up in the coffin. So like maybe she hasn't been like conscious in a hell dimension this entire time. Maybe for her, no time has gone by. So as far as she knows, she sacrificed herself only to wake up in a coffin that she has to dig herself out of, fight a bunch of demons, uh, see herself, her robot self get destroyed. And then she sees the tower and she's like, oh, I have to climb the tower. And then it's like, well, I'm gonna have to jump again. And she's like, oh, this is hell. I'm just gonna have to keep redoing this loop over and over forever. Mm, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know if she knows that she's alive at this point. Like, I think this the, from the point where she wakes up buried alive to her being on the tower, part of why she's so unresponsive to the Scoobies is because she doesn't think they're real. She thinks this entire thing is some kind of hell dimension. So that's my theory is... Buffy hasn't been in a hell dimension this entire time. Buffy has just kind of been non-existent. And when the Scoobies called her back, she wakes up. But because she's so disoriented, she thinks she's in a hell dimension because that's what this would be like for her. Mm, yeah, I love that theory. That's really good. Um, and it makes a lot of sense when you compare her to Angel having come back from a hell dimension hundreds of years uh, when really only a couple months have passed by and he was feral and we said it last episode he was naked too but he was mostly feral and um, Buffy had to like coax him back into Tai Chi practice and stuff so here Buffy's not feral like you said she's disoriented and I like that theory because it makes a lot of sense when you think about her actions just the way she's wandering and she's like what happened here? i also feel like the end of this episode is a callback to um the body and forever both of which ended with buffy and don together hugging on the floor right like in forever buffy and don are hugging because they failed to resurrect joyce and now buffy and don are hugging because buffy herself has been resurrected wow yeah and I also will just like to register the fact that I hate the Scoobies for this. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> that they forgot to exhume her body. What the fuck? Um, what was the plan, my friends? Because... Yeah, this is definitely like a C minus resurrection right here. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you guys, you didn't go all the way. You guys stopped right after you solved the problem, but you didn't do any cleanup. All right. Because like, literally, I cannot believe you made her go through that to crawl out of your own grave. Oof. Oof. Um... Who's your hero, Kara? I'm pleasantly surprised that we have the same hero. It is Donathan. Donifer. Yeah, based on what you said at the start of this episode, I was like, oh, she's not going to name Don as your hero. But yeah, like the, the whole scene on the tower. First off, you know, Michelle Trachtenberg, still a fairly young actor, really carrying it. Like yeah. the emotions of that scene. Really well done. She is the one who pulls Buffy back and, and makes her, you know, conscious again and, and conscious and aware of being alive. It's the whole sister dynamic. It's running through the town, you know, without Spike, like completely unprotected because she needs to find Buffy, climbing that tower by herself, right? Let's not forget that tower is a traumatic memory for her. Mm -hmm. She was almost bled to death there. So much courage, so much compassion, 
So yeah, Don is my hero because as you were just saying, the Scoobies do not deserve that label. <laughs> no, fuck the Scoobies. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you there. And also calling back to the epic speech that Buffy had, right? Live for me, right? Be strong, Don. She took that to heart and she said that here, right? I tried, I tried my best. And we talked about her grief last episode and how we thought she was holding up pretty well. It's because she took what Buffy said and lived it. Right. And I think that's really, really brave of her. And um, she's my hero for that. And also just for in my theory, which is that Buffy went up there to get some clarity, but also possibly to jump and to kill herself again. Dawn was there to stop it. And that's some hero. That's some hero action in my book. So um, actually, you know, what's funny. This episode is a lot shorter than our usual episode recaps go because there's so much action. It's not like so much talking as a normal episode would be. That's lots of quick scenes, right? True. So. Well, and I, I feel like, you know, we've done a little bit of analysis here, but there's there's so many unanswered questions, right? Like, it's going to be at least another couple of episodes for us to figure out what's going on with, like, Buffy being back and, you know, how she's got to adjust to the fact that Buffy Bot has been masquerading as her. And will she get to talk to her dad? I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, let's have some hot steaks. Yes, let's do it. Um, Our first one is from Jennifer, who wanted to write in to say, I'm way early on the hot steak for season six, episode two, but I just can't resist. I don't know when you sent this in, Jennifer, but I'm assuming it was a long time ago. She says, I'm way behind on the podcast. (laughs) I just started season three, but but way ahead on the rewatch. The ritual tower that all the brain eaten by Glory made is still standing after months. Mayor Wilkins would never have left an unpermitted, shoddily constructed tower to stand for that long. That would have been taken care of so quick. Sunnydale has really gone downhill without him. Absolutely. Jennifer coming in with the Wilkins apologist (laughs) uh, stance. I love it. Right? If he wasn't so busy being a snake... I think that uh, he would have taken care of this Sure, Wil- Wilkins, you know, ate half the graduated class of Sunnydale High, but you can't deny <laughs> that Sunnydale was a much more organized town under him. But Jennifer is also thinking with a construction hat like I was, where it's like, yeah, yes, absolutely. we agree with you, yeah, Jennifer, would... as much as we're roasting you, we agree with you. <laughs> we're like, we agree, the ritual tower absolutely should not have been there this long after. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, we we look forward to you hearing this when you catch up to us, you know, in two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so salty towards our hot steaks writers today. We love you, Jennifer. Um, our second hot steak. Uh, our second hot steak is from Bristol. Um, Bristol didn't think that this should have been a two-parter. Uh, she thinks this should have been a three-parter. Uh, and says, I have a few issues with these episodes. So Willow did all this research on the spell and knew they would test her and knew to do it over her grave, but didn't know it would rejuvenate Buffy's body right there at her grave? I don't buy that. I think the writers messed up on that. Also, as you always mention, uh, I believe Crystal's talking about you, Steph, (laughs) the timing of things. The timing is off a bit. The demons ride into Sunnydale at dusk, then jumps to the Scoobies doing the spell at the grave, and they mention that it's just before midnight. That leaves a few hours as to where the demons were. Sunnydale isn't that big. Even with the four miles of forests, five miles, Bristol. <laughs> um, so then the whole part two, uh, the mush happen uh, within only a few hours, because in um, the next episode, they're going to bed and it's still dark uh, and the sun hasn't risen yet. Um, and so Bristol says, I feel like it would have taken Buffy a lot longer to readjust to being on Earth. 
Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I, I chose to put this hot stake in here rather than afterlife because it's mostly about what's happening in bargaining. Uh, I I agree because I said earlier that this episode is very rushed. Um, I'm sure they just couldn't kind of justify making it a, a three-part episode. I know that this, when it originally premiered, it was a two-hour premiere. And that's, like I said last week, my DVD copy is a, an hour and, and half, like, longer feature version of the episode but yeah I, I hear what you're saying bristol i think that the pacing of the episode is off and the writers probably could have done a better job i'm assuming you know timing right they only had so much time to figure things out for the episode but yeah i'm with you the timing is off and timing you know. and again location 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 where are <laughs> we burying buffy's body surely not in that five mile stretch of forest but they did, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we ragged on this episode, but like I said at the start, like I really, I genuinely enjoyed this episode. I think it's a lot more fun than Bargaining Part 1. Bargaining Part 1 is a little bit of a slow start, which is fine. But this episode, like you said, Steph, so much action, poignant emotions. Obviously, it's just nice to have Buffy back. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Buffy bot. Like there's a lot going on in this episode and... I like that they've done a really good job in these two episodes together of establishing the tone for season six, right? Which is we are going darker. We're on a new network. It's going to let us get away with more violence. Like we are uh, going to go a bit deeper this season into the darkness and I'm here for it. Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's fine, right? Maybe it's time. We've had five plucky years and now maybe it's time to get a little <laughs> bit dark um but that doesn't mean as a watcher on my end that i'm going to enjoy it as much because like i said i like the, i do i do think the episode's good it has its flaws we pointed them out but like overall it was fun to recap and fun to talk about but i felt down i i feel down when i watch it i will enjoy this season for the both of us steph thank you <laughs> you are a true friend <laughs> All right. Well, we have some chosen ones today. Thank you all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters. Oh, we have a new Buy Me A Coffee supporter. Yay! Uh, shout out to a new Scooby, Tracy. Thank you for joining us, Tracy. We really appreciate it. Um, and so you can do that yourself, all of you, uh, if you feel like sending us a little bit of money, one-time donation or monthly. Um, and yeah, we've got our chosen ones in particular to thank. Uh, thank you very much, Emma, Kyle, <gasps> Destiny. Erica, Allison, Chase, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, and Amy. You sneaky sneak. Susanna, Reese, Joshua, Luis, Nicola, Julian, Jordan, Kayla, Holly, and Lizzie. All right, we will see you all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Malik. See you next week.